things in recovery is this really important statement, which is pause when agitated. And now I, you know, in the years of living in recovery, whatever you want to call it, that idea of pause is is an amazing place because that's really where the transfer of your life being based on reliance on self is turned into reliance on something greater than self. It's in the pause. That's it. Yeah? That's where the whole direction of a life can change in a moment of silence. Not in all the activity and all the thinking, but when there's a stop and you don't immediately react with the, from the, uh, based on the thoughts, but there's a pause and there's a space between the thought and your action and then anything can happen in that space. A pattern of your behavior that you're so your mind is so identified as being you doesn't go that way. Yeah. And once, and the amazing thing is, is there's the pause, and then if it doesn't go the same old, same old, it's like being anew. It's like seeing and hearing anew. You're alive because everything is new, and you're alert to it because it's not the same old, same old. And it all, I believe, initiates in that pause. And to me, the pause is. The reliance on self is demonstrated every second because you're listening to your freaking thoughts. First of all, you're listening to them already bound by them because you believe they're about you or you're the thinker of them. That's how they're being held. The thoughts are seen by awareness or conscious. We're conscious, so we're conscious of thoughts. It's like I'm conscious so I can see a bird fly by the window. If my eyes are open, I'll see that bird. Now, I may say, I don't want to see that bird, but I saw the bird. I have no choice in the matter. The consciousness notes or recognizes whatever arises. So thoughts are arising in our apparatus, this brain and body, and the thoughts are seen by the eye of mind or consciousness. That's seen. What occurs is we believe that while while we see the thought, there's been an interpretation that's put over to, to override that scene, which is another thought, which is I'm the thinker of this thought, or they're about me. Yeah? As soon as that's the bonding agent, yes? so a thought is just a thought until it becomes my thought. As soon as it becomes your thought, your attention is sort of a, enslaved to it. So maybe your attention would like to go to what's happening now, but it can't. It keeps dwelling in what's not happening up there. Yeah. Why? And yet if you're talking to someone else and they're talking about their thoughts and you're very clear they're not yours, you have an immunity to the effect of their thoughts. But they're the same thoughts. Exact same. They may have different names. Biff is going through, the, is fucking with me and to me it's Mary is fucking with me but it's this, the fucking with me is the basic same thing. Yeah? But I don't care if Mary's fucking with you. Really. You know, I, I can have incredible wisdom about it. Yeah, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even see her anymore. Don't you realize there's a negative bonding pattern between you and her? Blah, 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 blah. But I will have the same thing going on in my head, and it makes like great sense to me. Why is that? They're the same thoughts. What changes the meaning of the thought? Not the thought itself, but the mind, the identifying it with the thought. Yeah, because what happens is when I, this Paul, this idea of Paul, identifies with a thought. That is a conveyor of thousands of thoughts, that one tag called Paul. It brings up a lot of old ideas and a lot of programming, and that is what gets invested or injected into the thought. 
The thought isn't really conveying anything to you. You're injecting it what the meaning it has. You're giving it the meaning it has. A thought is a thought, but when it's my thought, it has a huge meaning. A thought has maybe a meaning that lasts for two seconds. When it's my thought, it can become a novel. Yeah. What happens? There's an injection of meaning into that thought. Not from the thought itself, but from the mind. The act of being identified as the thinker of the thought, the thinker shoots a lot of meaning into the thought. And you're really reacting to the thinker, not the thought. If you were reacting to the thought, it would be a response and you'd have a freedom from it quickly. Because the thought comes and goes. But you believe the thinker's always going to be there and it's always been there. So the effect that the thinker has about a thought is much longer than the thought itself. Yeah? A thought comes and goes. That's what it does. Thousands of them arise and your mind sees them all day. But there's the old thought of being the thinker and that thought has been given duration. You believe you're always the thinker of every thought. Yeah? So a thought's nature of coming and going gets overridden by what you think your nature is, which is to be continual, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? So in other words, the thinker injects the meaning of the thought. The thought is given a long duration because you believe you have a long duration as a self. So people are fighting, oh, I'm wrestling with my thoughts. No, you're not at all. You don't have to wrestle with any freaking thought. You're witnessing the thought. What you're wrestling as is the thinker of them, or that they're about you. That's what's happening. Because that has tons of data or information that you are not aware of. What comprises the phony, false you is tons of files of old ideas, old complaints, old threats, old vendettas, old fears, all this stuff. And then the thought arises, oh, there's a future. The thinker injects all this fear or anxiety about what could happen to me in the future. The future is a fucking concept. But we make it a living, dramatic episode. Like a long-lasting episode that constantly gets renewed every year. Which has a lot of advertising. Yes. All about you. And so we're struggling with... We think we're struggling with the thinker, the thoughts, but we're not. We're actually struggling because the thought of being the thinker is the dilemma. Yeah? The idea that you're the thinker of it. So we're not going to the thoughts. I, mean, I don't care what the thoughts are. You can be worrying about next week. I could care less. And I have no opinion. Should you or shouldn't be worrying about next week? I don't care at all. But why not ask who is it that's worried about next week? Because it's the who that's giving that, neck, that thought of worrying about next week the meaning it has. Not the thought itself. The thought is like a little door that you think something enters in you. But the little door is you manifest out. You project out. The mind projects out all of these old ideas. You believe it's coming at you. Because if I could only stop having these thoughts, you can... An alcoholic can make heaven into hell in a day. If you had heavenly thoughts, you'd feel like it was hell after a while. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you had great thoughts. It has nothing to do with that. It's the old idea that you're the thinker of them, or they're about you. That's the bondage. The thoughts aren't binding you. They come and go. If they bind you, then when you didn't have that thought a second ago, then you must have been unbound. Why is it that you continually feel like you're bound, and these are just ratcheting up the links, so to speak? The thoughts. They're really tightening the screws. But you always sense that you're bound, eh? 
Why is that? Because the one thought of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity has been given duration. You believe it's you. It overrides every coming and going that every thought does. And then it gives those thoughts their its nature, that these are long-lasting meanings because they're about me, which is long-lasting. So don't, I, I would never, don't even care about thoughts to me. Just see who the thinker of it is. First of all, there's no way you're thinking. You can't even take a shit yourself when you want to. And you believe you're thinking incredible, like, spirit, like not even in a form called a thought, that you're the thinker of those when you can't even pump your own blood? You can't take a shit when you want? You can't digest food? It's all involuntary, but you actually believe you're thinking? Which is such a much higher level activity than pumping blood in a body. And yet we claim that. Yet we get all day when we have to go to the bathroom at the most inopportune time, we don't get the message. You have absolutely no power at all going on here. Yeah? You're a witness to this apparatus being. Yeah? But of course our head believes, I'm the thinker of these thoughts. Jesus, yeah, give me a break. Let me pre-think the thought. All right, I'm going to pre-think some thoughts. <laughs> this isn't the thought yet. I'm pre-thinking. I'll be with you in a minute. Wait a minute. Pre-thinking. It's coming. I can see it. So it's like giving birth almost. I see the head coming out. But it's, it's, it's what is going? Reached? Oh, no! No, the thoughts arise and you're conscious, so you see them. Yeah? When you're dreaming in, at night, you're not seeing thoughts much. You're witnesses, more pictorial. Because you're not conscious. You're, you're sort of asleep, supposedly. Yeah? So that, that's where you have some great relief, because you're not thinking as much when you're sleeping. Yes? Because you never were the thinker. You're not conscious, so you're not seeing the thoughts that can arise based on your reaction to stimuli. Oh, you're very close to that. That's good. <laughs> I'm reacting to this very close stimuli. So the, so the idea of being the thinker is just an idea. Once you believe you're the thinker, that every thought, it's sort of like if I was sitting in a park and there was 30 kids playing in the park, and my kid was there, where would my attention go? On my kid. Yeah. They're all kids. Maybe they're all the same age. Maybe they almost look the same. But my attention wouldn't be going to all those kids. It would be going to my kid. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. The thoughts are just thoughts, but when they become your thoughts, now you have to clothe them. Now you have to store them. Now you have to sort of say you were bad or good thoughts. Now, oh, these are perverted thoughts. I shouldn't want to do this, but I'll do them when I get home later. All this stuff. <laughs> All this stuff starts happening, and the mind gets activated through the identification as the thought. And what does it do? More thinking. More thoughts get cooked up. It stirs the pot, and more thoughts arise. And then you get your attention gets totally glued to all the thoughts that are about what you think you are or that you're the thinker of. So you get obsessed with self. How does obsession get expressed? Usually through thought, yeah? You're thinking about something all day. Yeah? I'm not obsessed with surfing. In other words, I'm not wet right now, but I may be thinking about it a lot. That would be where the obsession would be demonstrated, is in thought. Yeah. I'm saying the immunity to thought is not based on recognizing what thought is. It's recognizing you're not the thinker. That's the, the immunity to thought. When you're not the thinker of them, like we have in recovery, such an obvious example, 
How could you believe that these are still your thoughts when so many people have shared them at meetings? How can you believe that you're the only one who feels a certain way where you've heard hundreds of people share the same feelings? And how can you believe you're the worst person who ever did, no one ever did what I did, and then hundreds of people that you never even met, but they still have the same problems seemingly you have, have shared that they did the same thing? How can you keep arrogantly keep thinking that these are my thoughts, my feelings, and my reactions to life? Life is constantly demonstrating to you the impersonalness of this whole event. Yeah? Impersonal doesn't mean lack. It's actually freedom, to tell you the truth. But the impersonalness of this whole event called living. It's constantly, constantly giving us the evidence. And yet we just blind, blindly keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. You feel so terminally unique. And then you come in AA or recovery and you listen to people and you're like, Jesus, how did they get my thoughts? I thought I was the only person who had these thoughts. How did this guy or this woman get my thoughts? And so the terminal uniqueness breaks and then you get a little bit of relief from that isolation that you're in all fucking day. Thinking you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You're totally isolated. You're totally locked away. And you're locked away and all your... All your Radio receivers, the only station it's getting is K-Paul. Yeah? All it is, K-Paul 24-7. All the time, just constantly, constantly, rehashing, 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 speculating, speculating, speculating. Has absolutely no idea what's going on, but has millions of ideas about what's going on. <laughs> so, when was the last time that you actually walked in a room without thinking about it? When was the last time that you actually just experienced walking in a room? Last time, seriously. When did when did that introspection stop start? When I was a kid, I was playing. That's all that was going on. I wasn't thinking, will I be playing next week, or should I be playing with him, or hey, I, he has more toys than I have. Not much. I was just playing, hanging out, ants, anting, you know, playing, running around naked in the backyard, everything like that. Then one day, introspection started to happen. I started thinking that something must be wrong with me. Yeah? That me, I don't know what I am. And then I outgrew all this wonder and awe and grew into what we call normal now. <laughs> Anxiety, the basic atmosphere of life being the future and the past are so much more important than what's going on now. If you're not working towards something in the future, there's no value in what's going on now. You actually don't have any value. You have to accrue value your whole life. You can't actually acknowledge a sense of being. You have to do and have yourself into a becoming something. Forget the being, become something. All right. What happens? So the being's forgotten, the wonder and awe goes away. Then you have to do some extreme sports or shoot up or, you know, get fucked three different ways and get some sense of being alive, you know, like electroshock, because you're pretty much dead all day. You know? Just rehashing what never happened and then projecting into what will never happen. <laughs> So every time you walk in the door, you never even experience walking the door. All you do is experience the thoughts about walking in the door. Then you never really even experience jumping in the water anymore. You experience the thoughts about jumping in the water. Then you never really experience that trip you go on. You experience the thoughts you have about going on that trip. Then you really never experience the experience of your partner. You have thoughts that you experience of her. And when those thoughts change, she seems to change. One day you're in love, the next day you're not. It's very whimsical, yeah. So after a while, you lose all 
all direction. You have no fucking idea what's going on. And then you're prone for anyone or anything to tell you what's happening. And this selfing rises to the occasion and it starts informing you about life all day. It tells you how you're doing, how you're going to be doing, how you were doing, how they're doing. <laughs> on and on. Gives you thousands of strategies, tons of formulas, ten tons of five-year Stalinist plans. And if you do this, this, and this, jump through this soup, that hoop, you'll, ha- you'll arrive. Can I arrive now? No, no, no. Then, then you have to do and have yourself into this. There's no state of true being. You have to become, become, become something. And let me tell you what you have to become. And then what happens? A lot of us go down that path. Does it translate to happiness, joys, and freedom? Probably not. Usually not. Usually there's, a, there's, some, there's an emptiness when you get everything that everyone told you you'd be great if you had. You sit there with it and it's just not translating. You don't feel So then what we do is usually go back to the same dead cow and try to milk it with more. I need more. If I just get more. If I, got, if I thought I wanted a 510 blind, it's a 6 foot blind. That's what I need. I need this. And, then, and all you do is just change the formula, but you never question it. You just keep going back on the treadmill of doing and having to arrive somewhere someday. And then when you and it's promised by your head that if you arrive there, you'll be okay. But not now. You'll be living in un-okayness until that point you arrive at. And then you'll get this mythical okayness, which doesn't really deliver the goods. I see it all the time. I watch people, and I watch my own life. I use this example where you're just sitting in your little one-bedroom apartment, and it's a very nice apartment. It's got nice windows, like everything's cool. You're happy, you just feel alive. And then you're reading a big magazine, has a beautiful layout of a, a couch, you know, a beautiful couch, gorgeous couch. And then you start looking around your room, and you realize you're couchless. You don't never had a couch. And then you start feeling like something's been missing. I didn't know what it was, but thank you for this magazine. It's just put my finger on it. I need a fucking couch. So now what was okay a second ago is not okay because there's no couch in it. So then I said, okay, I'm going to go work towards that couch. And my mind starts running its advertising. You know what? I bet you you'll meet your girlfriend and conceive your first child on that couch. You're going to get married to the woman you sleep on that couch with that first time. A lot of good shit's going to happen with that couch. Yeah. And then you think about all your friends who have couches and you get mad at them. Why didn't they tell me what a great life there is to have a couch? You know, so resenting them and everything shits. Then you're suspicious of anyone without a couch now. You're like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it gets strange. And so now you're now, the here that was totally okay has been invalidated by this mythical there. Which is, I'm gonna, it's going to be great. Not now, obviously. can't be great now, but when I get that couch... So now, now that's my new there, my mythical there, which the mind uses to invalidate your here. This is always the mind will always find something lacking in what's happening. And will try to supply that, what's lacking in what's not happening. The unfortunate thing, what's not happening has one nagging dilemma. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking not happening. So, when you have your solution to what's happening and what's not happening, guess what? That solution's never going to happen. <laughs> so, alright, so I get the couch. I worked hard. I stole some money. 
Finally get the couch. Every I'm sharing with everyone else how excited I'm. They're obviously not that excited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I'm grateful. So then the, the truck comes, and I even help them bring it in. I wanted to get in there faster. I kind of have been waiting so long for this moment. They put it in. I have the perfect spot for it. You know, and I got the big high def plasma TV ready. <laughs> I sit in it and I revel in it. Now I'm waiting for the manifestations, and nothing's starting to happen, really. And then I start looking around, now that I have the couch, and I realize, Jesus, I need a matching lamp for the couch. And immediately, that mythical there becomes a here, and now I'm on my treadmill to get to the mythical there. Well, I need that lamp. When I get that lamp, then the couch will kick in. (laughs) The effects of the couch needs the lamp. Then the lamp needs a rug. Somehow the formula's got to work. It's the only one I know. I'm going to do and have myself into being something. But you are something already. How can you outdo your... How can you... See, the doing and having into becoming is really allow how your mind avoids recognizing its being. You're so busy doing and having to become something, you don't recognize the being that you already are. And in one sense, St. Francis said a beautiful statement. He says, what you're looking, what's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah? The awareness that you are, that's looking, is what you're looking for. Yeah? But the way we're looking for everything is outside us. We never turn the light up on itself and see that actually that may be what you've been looking for. What's looking right now? Yeah? But I don't even like the word looking because to me there's a lot of ways of looking that we're shopping for here. Yeah, That's what you're here for probably is a new, trying to shop for a new way of looking. Maybe not. Maybe you just stumbled into this meeting like the smell of ammonia. I don't know. Maybe. You'll get it when you come in here. It's strong. So, but everyone's looking you know, for something. So uh, in AA there was an old man that wrote a great book called uh, A New Pair of Glasses. So some of us have been saddled, all of us have been saddled with a way of looking called self-centeredness, yeah? Addicts and alcoholics are extreme examples of self-centeredness. They know no one else is different out there. Everyone is living from the point of self-centeredness usually, yeah? unless something occurs uh, as they woke up. Well, it's not waking up, but something had to happen. So this self-centeredness is a way of looking. You look at everything and how it pertains to you. That's how you do it. You don't never thought about it that way. That's just how it works. Yeah? You were saddled with it when you came into its gravitational field, which is starting to become identified as a body. Then you got tattooed or identified as that idea of being the self of all the thoughts. Yeah? That put you right into the center of the system called self-centeredness. So now everything is looked at as how it pertains to me as a self. So instead of seeing life as life is happening, your head, without knowing it, you only know the effects. Is It looks at life as it's happening to me. That's how it looks like. It, yeah? So you never see the bigger picture of what's going on. You see a very small little picture because there's life happening, but your self-obsession takes that thing that's going to open up and it turns it on itself. So life is happening, but then instead of letting it really bloom and you see the magnificence of what's happening here, it gets turned by your attention, being addicted to selfing, and it gets brought back to the center, which is self to you. Yeah? It's called the loop of self-importance. So the energy 
that wants to just expand and see the magnific- magnificence of life happening, goes, life's happening to me. Yeah? And in that to me, that's the dilemma, yes? Because then life has been totally misidentified, misinterpreted. And now you're only seeing it from this insane point of view, which is a very small tunnel vision, self-centeredness. Very small. It has limited possibilities in there. And you've gone through every bit of it already. Everything it can promise you, it already has. Every way it can promise that it will bring something about for you, you've already been through every one of its formulas. All you're doing now is rehashing it and redressing it. Putting on a different look, but it's the same old, same old. You're going to the same trough, the same well, and you've gotten used to realizing, yes, this is just what I do, and you don't even expect water anymore. You just know. All you know is, when I pull the well water up, the pail up, there won't be any water, so my mind will make excuses, rationalize, blame someone for stealing the water, or something like that. But basically, you've gotten used to not getting any water. And you just hunkered down, because you haven't entertained the possibility of being free of self centeredness because you can entertain that possibility if you're identified as it. That's the trick of the system. It just doesn't run, and you're, and you're uh, under its influence. You become identified with its running. You actually believe you are what that system is implying, yes? Which is self being the center of the universe. Me, 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 I, 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 my, 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 but as a body. It's totally erroneous. But when you're caught in that identification, your consciousness gets captured. It doesn't have the ability to expand. It sees things in a very, very tunnel-visioned way that's conditional, totally conditional. And all it is is to support the idea of being a long-lasting independent separate enemy. So you constantly obsess around self to reinforce the idea of being one. In that, you can't entertain being free of it. All you can entertain is feeling better, getting therapy for it, maybe getting self-esteem for it, maybe making it get a little more socialized so you don't throw up at the next picnic you go to somehow or another. Maybe I can actually have a relationship without, you know, being brought up on stalking charges in the first six months, you know. And these improvements seem like great, great, great changes, but they're very minimal movements in self-centeredness. Yeah? It has freedom from some terrible unbearability, but that's not truly freedom. That's freedom that it dispenses in the system, but it's not freedom. Freedom is really from the system. That's where the real freedom lies, is being out of the system. And what I'm saying here is, the best way to get out of anything is to realize you're not in. So you are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's just my little... I'm not, it's not a demand or a statement. It's just something to maybe investigate. I'm just saying, maybe you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When that being the center of that system called self is questioned, the effects of that system diminish. Yeah? Its hold on you gets loosened because you've gone right to the core. You went to the one point where if there is... If there is Awareness placed on that, something will affect, a big effect will occur. When the awareness is placed on any other point, it just gets morphed into the system, because you think you're the one that's aware. Yeah? Selfing thinks, oh, I'm conscious. And even spirituality in self-centeredness is a big, big production. There's tons of spirituality in self-centeredness. It's still based on the idea that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that this is my 
primary identification, and now I'm going to do and have to get spiritual. It's the same, 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 same formula. It doesn't, spirituality is not an escape from selfhood. It is not an escape from selfhood. Realizing you are a spirit is an escape from selfhood. But spirituality, to me, is not an escape from selfing. Selfing has hijacked spirituality for a long, 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 long time. Yeah? You'll look spiritual to people who have no idea what spirituality is, and that's, that's your idea of being spiritual. Maybe you can stay you know, lovingly in the case. I know you're suffering. I'm not. Subscribe to my monthly magazine and send me fifty dollars a month. You will probably never get out of that suffering, but you'll have the hope that you are. That's the best you can have here. It's incessant hope that someday it'll get better. But in fact, I know that it won't. But I ain't going to tell you that because they'd be out of a job. Literally, the hope is incessant. The mind is incredible. It will keep hoping against all facts that somehow something's going to get better, and I'm telling you, it ain't. Hopelessness is a great state to be in, because then the illusion stops and you fucking wake up. You realize, Jesus, the great wisdom of no escape is there's no need to escape. You are not what you feel so... There's such a seeming demand to get out of self, but that's the way you're in self here, busily trying to get out of it. The real way to be, to me, what I feel most people mean by saying getting out of self is really realizing you were never in self. That's being out of self. That feeling, I think, that's what they mean when they say out of self is a freedom that actually becomes uh, obvious when you realize you're not in it. You've never been in self. Yeah. So, first of all, if you realize you've never been in self, then you're free from the biggest dilemma, which is this modality of doing and having. Yeah. You realize you don't, like in recovery it says at some point, it says you'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. That totally destroys the doing and having model. Yeah? Because what's doing and having? Thought and effort. Yeah? So no thought or effort in your have. So you can't apply doing and having. You can apply it for some, some parts of trying to tell the truth about what's not happening. But when... The transcendence out of self, which is not a transcendence, is not going to be initiated by doing and having. It's a recognition there's nothing to do. That's it. Yeah. I mean, a true recognition. Not a recognition as a way of doing again. Oh, there's nothing to do. I'm now going to practice non-doing. I'm going to do non-doing now, because I've been doing a lot, and I went to a spiritual group, and they said, no, non-doing. So, all right, I'm going to non-do now. So, I'm not going to, I'm non-doing this tonight. No, non-doing, in a sense, is any action done... <laughs> free from the idea of being the doer of it. That's what it is. There's tons of doing going on. There always will be. But it doesn't mean there's a doer. That's what our mind has given it, it the meaning. It sees all the doing and it says, oh, there must be a doer. Listen to what's saying that to you. See if that system that's telling you that information has been valid at all in your life. Then why rely on it? Why rely on its take that, oh, there's tons of doing going on, so there must be a doer somewhere? Who the hell says that? Your freaking head. Look at the system it's coming from. The system is bogus. Why would you trust that? Inquire a little more, deeper. Do you have a sense all day that you're the doer of your actions? Of course not. There's certain things that you're doing so quick you couldn't think you were the doer of the actions. 
It's all response, yeah? Your body runs so much better without you hovering over it all fucking day. Literally. Yapping and yapping and yapping and yapping. <laughs> the body just, let, let me get on with it. Let me take the shit. Well, should you be taking a shit now? No, no, no. You shouldn't now. You, just, you already take one shit in the morning usually. What happened? Hey, I want to take a shit. Just let the fucking body shit, will you? No, it has to mean something. It's insane. So what I'm saying is a simple solution to it all, that there is no problem. That's the solution. That's the solution. There is no problem. Why do you think... How many solutions have you applied to the problem? Have any of them worked? Did you ever entertain that maybe why your solutions aren't working? Because you can't have a solution to an imaginary problem. You can't have a solution to an imaginary problem. You have to just tell the truth that the problem is imaginary. That's the solution. That's what we're doing here. That's all that's happening. We're just attempting to say... The seeming problem that you seemingly are or have is an imaginary one. So what do I do and have about it? Absolutely nothing. Entertain that news. See what it does in you. It'll cook and cook and cook. And then you'll start seeing differently because your seeing will be free from the formalized way of looking that it's been captured by, which is self-centeredness. Yes? And all the, all the things that we do to correct the distortion that self-centeredness has produced, yes? So we get new pairs of glasses, and new turbocharged pair of glasses, and new super turbo glasses. And we're constantly, constantly, constantly looking. And to me, looking, all these forms of looking are actually the way you stay blind here to your natural scene. They have a sense of, see, that quality of seeings in them but it's been hijacked. It's looking now. Seeing and looking are different. Looking is there's a purpose to it. There's like an agenda. Yeah, I'm looking for something. Looking, looking at this. But seeing is just its natural state. That's all it can do is see because it's awareness. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Uh, it has been hijacked or conditioned. It's just beautifully, beautifully seen. But that ability to see has been forgotten by us, and now we're trying to find ways of looking to correct the prior way of looking. Yeah? But we never realize, if something really works as a new way of looking, it should lead you to realizing these are glasses and taking them all off, and then you naturally start seeing again. Yeah? AA is just that. AA is another way of looking that corrects the distorted way of looking called alcoholism. That's what it is. But AA is not doesn't create a dependency on that pair of glasses. It's actually, a, supposedly, or one of its possibilities is to lead to a freedom from all glasses. Yeah? So now, I, hey, if something comes up and my vision gets really blurred, I put on the glasses. But AA, to me, is to be free of AA, in a sense. That's its true purpose. I don't mean f not going to AA or recovery, but free from it, because the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. There's no more applying the solution of AA to distorted lenses because those lenses have been taken off. The problem does not exist for you anymore. Yeah. That's seen. Alright? Then it gets blurred. You have the tools. Da -da -da, put them on and immediately get corrected. And it leads you to entertaining, hey, I can be free from all pairs of glasses. Now you're seeing again. Yeah. That's freedom. Then you walk in a room and there's no... The thoughts may arise, but there's no emphasis on what your head's doing. All 
all you are is walking in the room. All you are is having sex, let's say. All you are is surfing. All you are is eating. Beautifully simple. Yeah? Beautifully simple. Yeah? Seeming like it's empty, but it's so full of presence. When you're thinking, that thinking fills the presence with bullshit. So you don't sense the presence of spirit, because spirit is not a thing. It's empty. That's its presence. Its sense is emptiness. When we are confronted with that emptiness, what we do is, we don't, but the head, the apparatus, spills tons of thoughts into it. So that we'll be distracted from not noticing the emptiness. Because it's a reflection of our own true nature. Empty and empty. So we think, think, thinking of his thinking. So never, walking in a room has never happened. It's always I'm thinking while I'm walking in a room. Someone leaves the place, like you said one night. No, you have all, you don't even see what's, what you're walking by because your goal is to get in the car and drive somewhere. Everything else gets extracted from the event. All right, I don't need to look at flowers. No, nothing could possibly come that could be surprising and beneficial to me. The car, me getting where I have to go. And we got a big deadline to do. Next Friday. All right, let's all act like it's super important, earth-shattering. Get it done by next Friday. Woo! It's like, it's like addiction, yeah? You get anxious, and then you get the relief. Boom! You shoot it up, and then the mind goes, Wow, I like this relief. How am I going to get it? i got to get anxious again. <laughs> Worry about totally nonsensical shit, and then when it doesn't happen, you go, Wow! Man, that was great. Whatever, what I was thinking didn't happen. All right, let's think of something else. Get worried all week. Oh, it's an addiction. Total addiction of mind. All the while, the solution is right now available. You're looking at me, and there's a recognition of that looking, that seeing. Something's aware of the seeing. That's it. The head goes, I'm aware of the seeing. No, there is no I that's aware of the seeing. There's just awareness of seeing. You know? There's not even awareness of seeing. There's just awareness. That's seeing. So that awareness, that seeing, or hearing, or feeling, or tasting, or touching, or noticing thoughts and ideas, that awareness is you. It's much more prior to your body appearing. It's definitely more prior to the thoughts about you as a body appearing. It's what allows everything to have ever been noticed is that awareness. It is the mother and father of all things and of no thing. And it's located, non-locatable. It's right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it because you are it. It's just a recognition of that and entertaining it. Yeah. If you have difficulty entertaining it, ask who is it that's having difficulty entertaining it. If it isn't you, you'll lose interest in being right about having difficulty entertaining it, and now be entertaining it. But I haven't entertained this. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, who is it that doesn't get it? Well, I thought that was me. It isn't you, so it's who gives a shit if it doesn't get it? Who cares if your mind doesn't get it? Your mind will never get it. People do that in, in recovery. They admit to their innermost selves, but now they're, all their days are trying to convince this, that they're sober and they're serious about it. And this thinking, you can have 20 years and you can be sitting in a chair and they'll be telling you, I don't feel sober today. You're as sober as hell. Can't be more sober than that. But your head's, oh, I don't feel sober today. I'm disconnected. Give me a freaking break. Are you spending any bit of attention trying to convince that thing? It's unconvincible. There's no need for it. 
Your God is what gets convinced. Just like somebody in this room heard this message and it resonated with them. That God is now convinced. Now, you can have thousands of opinions of Paul or other people, I don't want to do this or that, but something is convinced of what was registered. It's a done deal. The head is, doesn't need any convincing. Don't waste a second on this. Just realize it's not you. If you really entertain it's not you, you will lose interest in it. You will lose interest in it. If you think it's you, you want to be right, so when it says you're disconnected, you will sense that you're disconnected, whatever that means to you. I don't know what the hell could you... What, would, what does disconnected actually mean? I feel disconnected. To what? Obviously, you're not disconnected to this. That would be the greatest feeling you're disconnected. <laughs> you don't have that feeling. Get into that one. Hey, I'm disconnected. Hallelujah. Yeah. Do not let those wires converge again. Let them go. You know what I mean? Don't worry. You'll make it to your next appointment without it up there. Really. If you will, things will go okay. You do not need this as your guide. Seriously. You know, you'll do a lot better. You'll become free range. You can just truck around and... You'll, find, you'll probably stumble on what you've been looking for for all these fucking years and you realize it's always been there at all times. What I've been looking for in my life is actually what I would call me. <laughs> it's been absent because I've been so obsessed with what I'm not all day. Seeing is what you're looking for, exactly. Right now. See? Your head cannot entertain that because it thinks it has to get ready or something. Or it has to purify or get better. No. It has nothing to do with anything. You are not playing God. That's what this is doing all day. It's telling you what you need to do to get closer to what you already are. Or it tells you what you've done to feel like you're far away from already what you already are. It's an impossible you are that. So what's seeing right now is what you are looking for. How could it possibly be? Well, it can't be as a you. The you you think you are will be constantly destined to look for. Because the whole looking for is the way of hiding the fact you're it. So it will never get off that treadmill. It will be busily looking for what it thinks is what's looking, because what's looking will never be entertained as you. Not by this, never. Not truly. It may say it, but it won't ever truly entertain it. Because if it entertained that, it would threaten its own existence, and its existence is very easily threatened because it doesn't exist. It's a mental movement. There's no reality to it. It's just thought upon thought upon thought, assumption upon assumption upon assumption, old ideas and beliefs, which were just thoughts that have just like, like solidified all that. That's all it is. There's nothing alive to it. It's just a mind, it's a verbing of mind that creates a sense of being a noun. This. And then the life is told, the story of my life is told from this point. And that is the dilemma. That I truly, truly, humbly can say is what you're suffering from, deep down. It always gets rooted back to that. The primary mistake is of identification. You don't have to identify with what you are. You are already that. Yeah? 
You do not have to identify with what you are. You are already that. Even while there's this constant identification as what you're not, you're still what you are. You know, this doesn't have to stop. All it has to be seen is that I may not possibly be its center. Once that's entertained, you'll lose interest in it, and the interest will go somewhere else. And for me, it usually goes to what it truly is. It registers the fact, the obviousness of being, and then now the game board is shifted, you, your piece has been removed back to the true starting line, which is this seeming moment, here and now, and now you start living another game. Not of past and future, but of now, now, now. And a whole different meaning to it, different, like, hits and runs are different, everything is different. It looks like the same stadium, but it's a whole different game going on. Some, and then you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll know that this was it because of the effects in your life. You'll travel lighter. I mean, literally, travel lighter. You'll be economized. Yeah. The thoughts that are just ounces, they're like little sparrows that come, your attention sees them and goes. Now they're like vultures. They just sit on the branches of your old ideas. And they just hover over you all fucking day. Yes, waiting to bite something out of you, take something from you constantly. They're heavy motherfuckers. The same, same thoughts. One is given one meaning, the other is given another meaning. You are the meaning giver. And that meaning giver is going to, that ability to give meaning is going to be directed by whatever you believe you're, you are. If you believe you're this idea of this body, then you're going to have a meaning of separation, lack, doing and having and not getting, getting and not wanting, things coming and leaving, joys that come and go, sorrows that seem to stay. You'll see that when things are going good, your mind will disrupt that very quickly, but when things are going bad, it will say, oh, this is going to last forever. Have you noticed that? When you say everything's going really good, how long does it last you before your head starts saying, when are they going to find out I'm a fraud? When are they, they going to know what, what I know about myself? Oh, oh, oh. But then, if the same head, if, if you're feeling supposedly bad, you'll say it's going to last for fucking ever. It elongates the bullshit and it shortens the joy. You want to be run by that all your life? And the thing is, it's progressive. The shortening gets shorter and the lengthening gets longer. It's progressive. Yeah? You may have your big run when you were a kid when there was some joy and then a little sorrow. Now it's a lot of sorrow, very little joy. Well, it's not going to turn around, not in the realm of self. It's a progressive disease. Just like we see it accelerated in addiction and recovery, but self-centeredness is a progressive disease. It is a disease. It is the malady everyone suffers from here. It's the original disease. And it's progressive. Selfing, your life gets smaller and smaller with more and more selfing in it. More and more being right and resenting and having a chip on your shoulder because something would have happened. If that person wouldn't have stopped me, I would have been great. It's all a fucking story. And all the while you're alive right now and you can notice it. And let it become the captain of your ship. See what happens. Start navigating the unknown like Castaneda used to talk about. The mind, the conditional mind wants to know. It, it, will, it, it will stay in misery as long as it's familiar that to try something new. I saw it with my mother. That's how she died. She was a very powerful woman. And as she got older, she became an active alcoholic and ended up just sleeping on a couch every night drinking Schaefer and Rheingold beer. And I'd walk in and the TV was so low, I'd try to put it up higher and she'd immediately wake up and go, The neighbors! 
What will the neighbors think? I said, I can't even hear it. What do you mean the neighbors? You think they're waiting to see if the TV in your house market turned up? Their whole life is preoccupied by what others thought. It's fucking incredible to see that. Especially when I'm a kid, she was everything to me. And to see it dwindle and get so small was unbelievable. I was so pissed at that. The alcohol was drinking, falling asleep, and just worried incessantly about what others were thinking about what was happening in the house, when no one was thinking about what was happening now. Yeah. That's called selfing. The progression of selfing. So, hey, you've been served, brothers and sisters. Now you have no excuse. You may say, oh, Paul isn't good, or whatever, but you got served, bro. You got the message. Now you can't say, I've never heard this before. Because that's the whole point that happened to me, literally. I was busily looking for, but I never fell upon this message. Yeah? And because of that, I had no idea. I was totally wrapped in doing and having. I thought I was just going to improve this and get better. And I thought spirituality would do that. But maybe I'd have some peace from this insane place I was living in and thinking it was all outside and somewhat me. And I was in that dilemma. And I was practicing a lot of spirituality. But when I was introduced to this message, yes, then I, as soon as I heard it, it was the last answer. It was like an unspoken yes in my gut. It was a done deal. And it hasn't, I haven't gotten a new download since. Man, this is, seems to still be the last answer. Everything started to get cleared up because the fundamental problem, what wasn't, it wasn't based on what I was doing and having. It was who thought it was doing and having it. <laughs> Once I started looking that way, I started getting freedom from self, from the bondage of selfing. So now I can walk in a room and have sex and do this and eat, or not have sex or not walk in a room, and I don't thoughts about that either. <laughs> thoughts arise, but there's no attention to them. There's an attention just to the being. Yes, it's called traveling light. Try it. So uh, we'll pass the basket, eh? Any questions? Yeah, no. Yes. Yeah, it seems like nothing makes folks more angry than to hear that there isn't a problem. Good. It seems like that sets them off more than anything else. They can't stand that. No, no, no. What I found in all the talks, if you start talking about... Doership. Not yet, doership. Doership triggers the most primal selfing of all. Because your whole life is based on you being the doer of it. That's the whole basis of your story, the mind story. If that's taken out, it's a major threat to the story of self God. Because if you're not the doer of your life, whose life is it anyway? Yeah, yeah I watch them. They get very unruly when you bring that up. I try not to bring it up often anymore. Because the, the natives get restless. I'm going to get strung up, you know. When I do it, when I go to tell the cities, I always have to leave in less than three days. Because they really like me the first day, but after they think about it, they they all stop looking for me. <laughs> Where is that guy? I want to say something to him. Well, he went home again. <laughs> There's a great story about a sage in, in China. He disturbed the white people so much they kicked him out of the town, you know. Then they said, We should have killed him. He's gone now. So they went and searched for him, they couldn't find him. It's a true story. So they burnt the whole mountain down in hopes that they could get him. Oh, she really? So be careful, Paul. No, <laughs> my hope, my hope, freedom and security is based on 
I truly believe everyone's out to lunch. <laughs> they actually don't know what they're hearing until like days, months later. So, no. Well, none of us are out to lunch. Do you understand that, yeah? The head is out to lunch. The head is constantly living in what's not happening. That's being out to lunch. What you are is not out to lunch. You said something a number of months ago, you probably repeated, but it struck me so well, and that is that um, if you've got something on Friday and it's Monday, and you forfeit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and worry and angst and all the bullshit that goes with that, and then Friday arrives, it's just really served me to completely let it all go. Absolutely let it all go. Yeah, it's, it's good to, you know, at least you can look at what's not happening and what's happening, yeah? They're pretty easy to tell the difference. And not if you start with what's not happening, then you won't be able to tell the difference. But if you start with what's happening, just recognize what's happening here, then when what's not happening appears, you'll have an immunity to it because you've acknowledged what's happening. Most of us are in the habit of not acknowledging what's happening, so we get swept up into what's not happening all day. And after a while, we don't know any better. We live in what's not happening. The day is the, provides us the opportunity. What's happening provides us the opportunity to live in what's not happening. So many of us are just dwelling in what's not happening all day. And the solution to it is right available right at that point because there is something that's happening, which is this. So just become awake to what's going on. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, you were talking about the, the thoughts and the thinker having the thoughts and that the thought is just a flittering thing, but I attach all my past history and attachment to that. Is that what... I guess for me, I'm trying to figure out how having some random thought then creates a feeling, and then I go, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta go react to that feeling. Yeah. Is, I mean, is that... Well, that's like, like, to me, it's like almost like memory banks. Yeah. Memory of feelings and thoughts, and so one begets the other. So something will come up, and when your condition, which is van the vanguard of that is the idea of being Paul, all those programs are right there, when that Paul re reacts to that feeling, like I'm having the feeling, then all those things inject into that, and that creates more stuff coming up from the memory. Yeah. So basically, you're rehashing everything all the time. So this thought must create this feeling. Well, it doesn't create, it makes it, because yeah. there's no creating. It says makes, yeah, makes, 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 makes. But the thing is, that's where the transfer of life is, is in the reaction. See? See what reacts to that feeling. See, selfing will try to, the head reacts quickly, but prior to that, it's that pause, yeah, which isn't a reaction, but that's truly meeting the feeling, because the pause is awake of the feeling, it's conscious of the feeling, that's the perfect meeting of the feeling, that's when the feeling gets totally engaged and can go, everything is completed, but the head is reacting to the feeling. And when the head reacts to a feeling, that's a reliance on self, yes? You're relying on self. So the stimuli does something, there's a reaction. Self reacts to it, and that reaction triggers all these memory banks to kick on, and then thoughts and feelings that this stimuli refers to, the self, kicks up. So you refeel things, and you think things, yeah, about that, which you've done about what you thought that was many, many, many times, yes? It's a constant rehashing. Yeah. What about the decision like you have to make in everyday life? I mean, yeah. obsessing over decisions. 
to have a really make to have a real discriminating aspect because it's not totally taken over by self in yes where every thought means a lot to me no most of it's bullshit yeah but one or two may be good my attention grabs that one grabs that one all right four hours but now, you're glued to it because the thoughts have a different meaning. They're not informing you. They're making you. So it's quantity. Yeah? It's quantity. It's every thought, my thought. Every, just to get a sense of duration and being something. When your mind is free from that idea of being a self, your attention is, quantity, is quality. Thoughts, intuitive thoughts are incredible. You'll just be somewhere and suddenly something will pop in and it will just make you turn and you'll see what you need. Yeah? Sometimes that's how you get communicated to, is through a thought. But there's other forms of communication that you get. There's other ways to download information, not just through thought. Yeah? Other ways. And if you're open to it, you'll be driven or led by forms of wisdom you're not aware of. Because most of our information or knowledge comes through thinking. And it's bogus. Yeah? There's other ways to be informed without thinking. You get sense. Yeah, you feel something. You become intuitive. You recognize something. You can't put your finger on it, but you know. And it's, it's sort of like you have the ability. It's, like, it's almost like night vision. Yeah? But there's no goggle. You, have, you can navigate much clearer in life. Where you, not, you wouldn't see things, you see things. Not just by thinking about them. You see them. You sense them. You know... Blah, blah, blah. It's beautiful, because you're so equipped to live differently than the way we're built now. We're to, right now, we've we got this incredible transmitter and receiver, and all we're doing is picking up one station, K-Paul. It's fucking insane. You can, be, you can be picking up unbelievable info, like light, just pure light. Not you, but you can sense joy and presence and happiness and peace. That's a, that's a download. That's a sense of information that's there. But you're not, you, we don't know how to mine it because we're using this, these very archaic tools of thought, thinking. And thinking is all the past. It's all from the past. You never have a fucking new thought. They've all been thought before. They're, they're old. It's habitual. This is a new way of knowledge. It's available. Yeah? Yeah. Um, in our first program, start as this, then this, the first way it can be acquainted by, with something other than this is making an out of this, which is a higher power. Yes? It'll still be in a sense of a this, but it won't be this, this. Yeah? So you make an idea of a higher power or your concept of your own understanding. But for me, in my experience, if it's entertained, the present tense verbness of that will obviously mirror the present tense verbness of that, this. And then that there won't be this or that, it's just this. Yeah? That's me. So, but wherever you are, if you can't, the only way you can entertain a higher power is of some idea of a being that's not you, that has more power and juice than you, then 
entertain that, but your concept of it's going to change over time. Because when you entertain it, it's going to reveal itself to be what it is, not what you think it is. See, to me, this is just for me. AA says, in recovery, it says, you know, a higher power of your own understanding. I want to find a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah? Maybe in the beginning, I want a higher power of my own understanding, because that's all I got, seemingly, is my own understanding. That's called self-centeredness, yeah? I want to open up, in time, hopefully, to a power of its, of its own understanding, not based on this self-centered understanding, because it just... Whatever higher power, watch it, check out yours, supposedly, yeah, your higher power. Whatever higher power has been formulated in this system of self-centeredness, this higher power will be weaker than self. The overall way you travel during the day, the higher power may be relieving of you, but basically the burden is being overwhelmed by self and not the higher power. Yes, because the higher power, in the concept that you're using to understand it, is always going to be a less powerful thing than the self is. It just is. So to me, alright, I start with that. I start getting some samples of what it's like to be somewhat out of self by relying on something greater than self, which is I gave this thing that meaning. Then that, that information, that entertaining, starts intimating what's really going on here, which is I want to know that by its own understanding. <laughs> Fuck my understanding. Because my understanding is going to define it in a weak way. I'm going to limit its, its possibilities if I apply my understanding to it. But if I surrender to its understanding, then it blows my understanding out of the water, and I get redone, or my cards get reshuffled so that I can fit myself around that circumstance of all there is is that, then have that circumstance be fit around me, which is what most of us are doing. So it says in our recovery program, you have to stop trying to fit circumstances around you, but fit yourself around circumstances. So to me, in the same way, can be applied to the idea of a higher power. At first, I fit it to my circumstances. I'm self-centered. I, I need the only way I can access this thing is if it fits my understanding of it. This is incredibly insane. But hopefully, after a while, that will be dropped, and I will surrender to its understanding of itself, which is that it is fathomless, infinite, all possibilities, and incessantly now, not put off, not done or halved, but incessantly now, 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 now. That, that I'll surrender to. Now, I didn't start out that way. I started out there with an idea of a higher power that was going to get me parking spaces, you know, meet the girl, you know, get me a job, make sure I have the money coming in, all like that. And it expanded over time. There's nothing wrong with that, but it expanded, and it got to a point where I surrendered to its understanding, which is that it's everything, all things, at all time and no time. Shit. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if it's uh, just semantics, but when you talk about removing yourself and the I'm not doing and having, um, I get a little confused in the... I don't remove yourself. Right. There's no removing yourself. That would be doing a habit. All you do is, if, if I was listening to this, what I would do was nothing with it. When I left, that would be it. Let it cook, let it does what it do. Come back if you like, or read something if you like. Just start throwing a couple of these little nuggets in there. And they're like little magic pills. They'll do it. You know, you ever see those little pills you put in water and they blow up? Well, that's what it is. Put it in you, it'll blow up in you. And then it'll do its little thing. 
Yeah, so the idea of doing anything is is totally against the whole message because there is no personal doer. So it can be there may be doing something, but if the if the doing is read by your head as I'm doing it, then that's missing the point because then if you believe you did something to attain something, you will definitely believe you can do something to lose it. That's not the message. The message is you're inherently that. There's nothing you can do to fuck it up, nor is there anything you can do to bring it about. It's already so, and it's unfuckable. <laughs> can't be touched by anything here. Nothing can touch it here. Nothing can touch it here. The most heinous act doesn't touch it. If I'm experiencing conscious contact, I'm not, because I think I'm experiencing it. If you're what? If I'm experiencing conscious contact, I'm not really because I'm thinking I'm experiencing it? No, you're experiencing conscious contact, but your attention is going to the interpretation that I am experiencing conscious contact. I don't get that. Well, I know. Come back. Thank you, Paul. I've been using you as a vehicle uh, that reinforces the immunity from self. All my thoughts that work has been passed on to me in AA because that actually works in my life. Because I've been immune, they were, they were not of my thoughts. Yes, sorry. Go ahead. that. Thank you. Exactly. Once you realize they're not yours, you'll lose interest in them. This huge struggling with thoughts that you're totally interested in sucks. You'll never right. be mm-hmm. the obsession with self. But if you realize you're not the self that you're obsessed with, you'll lose interest in it. I swear to God, that's how it works. It's right. Really no, and knowing that fact, knowing that fact there's nothing to fix, I can be my own self healer. That's right. By realizing there's nothing to be healed. Heal thyself. That's right. There's nothing to be healed. That's how you yourself heal. Yeah. That's the beauty yeah. of it. Then there's things out here to be healed, and they will happen or they won't. The healing of, of your spirit. There's no need to heal the spirit. Nothing could ever happen to the spirit. I shut down. It's though. not something that can anything can happen to you know. Right. For something to happen to, it has to be a thing, you know, in a sense. So, you know, have you ever seen everything happen to the wind? No, you can't hit it, right? I hit that wind today, right there, right in the fucking wind face. No, you don't face It's just happy, you know. Because you don't see sky when the planes, they don't bump into the sky. Oh, your way, there's a piece of sky there. No, they're in this huge thing called, what we call sky, it's just space. Yeah, that's what, our, that's what awareness is sort of like, in a way. It's just space, but it's intelligently conscious. It's, it's truly alive. Not, it's past alive. Alive would be existence. It's, I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's incessantly on, and it's it's not. Uh, there's a whole lot going on in there, in a sense. It's like crackling with a lot of things going on. So, yeah, serenity prayer. So no meeting next Saturday here, nor the next Saturday. There is a meeting Monday night, and there's a meeting Wednesday night. And if you want, go to Zen Bish Slap, and the my the schedule's there. So I always know when people haven't been going to the website because they come here when the thing's been canceled. Because it's on the website. <laughs> That's my test. Zenbitchslap.com. Talks, you can download it if you want.